Welcome into the official Guru Nation Fantasy Football Podcast. I have a special guest today. The one, the only Matrix champ, Steven Camacho. How are we doing, my friend? Dalton, I'm doing good. You know, it's the off-season. It's champ off-season. You know, we had our parade, had our vacation. You know, <laughs> kind of like getting back to the facility now. So uh, we had a great off-season, you know. Relaxing. Big parade, popping champagne. Man. Living the life out there, I'm assuming. Yep, absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. Alrighty, so I just want to get a little background into you as a fantasy player. I want to know how long you've been playing fantasy football. So I started fantasy senior of high school. Um, so that was about, you know, probably a decade now, yeah. Wow. So um, competitively though, that was like that was like kind of like for fun, right? And then competitively, like the last five years, like for like money and shit like that, like gotcha. you know, like that's so like seriously for the last like five six years. Five years really. Yeah, we were like dabbling in it in high school. Cool, man. So, so how how did you originally get into Guru Nation? Uh, Justin Lum uh, joined. Uh, so I worked for the Raiders, and Justin Lum came on like my second or third year. Um, hit it off everybody loved him we had a good time and he kind of like knew like i am openly talking about fantasy like at this point in my life when it comes around so he knew like i was serious about it uh he knew my track record and so when the new league popped up he uh just hit me up um and i was all for it yeah he, he knew that i was like very serious about it so i'm like kind of like if you're if you want to get into guru nation you gotta be like serious about fantasy you can't be coming in like half like half-ass you know like you have to be like legit about your stuff because a lot of money and it's a lot of people like people think they come in here with like a 10 team league experience you have no idea what it, like six I, it was a you know it yeah. was eye-opening coming into like a 16 team league i was like wow the second round of like the initial draft is like holy crap there's no <laughs> there's like you know what i mean like there's nobody left like when you're in the 10 team league you have like three or four rounds to get like stars exactly. after the first time like dude holy crap Exactly. You got you got to know your stuff, man. Especially when all all the owners inside Guru Nation are sharp and they know their stuff. You have to really be on it and really do your research and your due diligence to really you know create a solid team inside here. Absolutely, it's like the best. I mean, like you're not going to recommend somebody to Guru Nation unless they know their stuff. Like you know, you don't want to get like like I like so I was actually. Um, so like Trinity, you know, the Trinity had that like lottery. Yeah. I was the first like runner up to like recommend somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, even being in that position, I was like thinking of people that I would recommend to Guru Nation. I honestly like couldn't think of anybody that I would actually want to put my reputation on the line for, because I don't know anybody like, this is serious shit. 100%. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to recommend somebody that like, I just like, and I'm friends with and they come in and they like see the price tag. And then after two years, two years, they're, they're over it. You know, you, you don't want to. Yeah bring that person in exactly man you you need the people that are dedicated and really you know are serious about it and will be engaged and active with everything man and that's tough like you said it is it's tough finding finding those people but um you know i'm glad that there are people in here that i mean everyone in here is like that so i think that's why um you know it's been awesome just to be a part of guru nation you know Mm. all right steven so i want to know like your first year heading into the Matrix inaugural draft, what was your overall strategy for building your team? Dalton, let me tell you, I freaking got 
hit hard in the face my first draft. I I never had Dynasty before. Like I only have standard like redraft league, well PPR redraft league experience. I kind of knew like in Dynasty like I had to get kind of like young players, but I still like just naturally went in with a redraft league mindset. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I tell you like I after the draft like I, now two years down the road I'm like wow did I like not have that kind of a draft like I just. The strategy is a little different. I didn't have that, but um, so I went. Um, I went receivers. Like I knew coming in, like I wanted young receivers because I felt like running backs go fast in redrafts. So I thought in dynasty they were going to go hot, like in the in the inaugural draft. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get. I always want to get. Um, I always want to go. So like if like you know like six running backs go before you. You don't want to pick running back seven. You'd rather pick wide receiver one, right? Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like had that mindset of like getting the higher tier of a position, and it just ended up I picked three wide receivers first. Um, the really funny thing about the the first round was I was a sixth pick, and like I'm a Raider fan, like it, it's it's I'm immediately like a hardcore Raider fan, and uh, I wanted Amari Cooper no matter what all the way first round, and it happened to like. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown fell the sixth pick, and I was like, "Fuck, dude! Like, how am I gonna pass with Antonio Brown?" And I and I did, and that was like the big thing. Like, people were fucking like, "Amari Cooper, are you kidding?" <laughs> so like, that was like my big like draft kind of botch. Like, obviously, like Antonio Brown has had like two great seasons since then. Um, but yeah, I had a good round. And then my big uh, my big moment in the draft was the fifth and sixth round. I hit Cream Hunt and Alvin Kamara. Wow. So I was like. That was like freaking the lottery, you know what I mean? Like that was big time for me. Yeah, especially you have both those guys, both those guys. Like, I mean, I'm sure both those guys were the best values inside those rounds, and to be able to add them to so your already your squad that you already started up there, um, I'm sure it paid huge dividends it, for you. Yeah, and like so, so we drafted like very close to the season. Mm-hmm. Or no, 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 I lied. When do we, no, we draft. No, 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 never mind. In, in redraft leagues, you usually try to draft like the week or two before the season, right? Mm-hmm. We draft kind of early in the summer, and that spent. Remember, Spencer really got injured in the off season. Yeah. Or whatever. I forgot what it was. Like he got injured, and like it was like kind of like up in there, like this new running back, Kareem Hunt. So I kind of had that going for me. Like if people knew like the severity of Spencer's injury, Kareem Hunt obviously would have went way earlier. But yeah. it was still like up in the air, so we kind of slipped the to the fourth round and I, and I, I looked out, I was like, do I need running backs? I was like, shit, I need running backs. So let me take some flyers and possible, possible contributors. You know? Wow. Yeah. That was amazing. I think it was happened. Like there was this period of like three days after Spencer Ware got hurt in the first preseason game and no one knew what was going on. Cause they're, like, they were like, Oh, he may have torn his ACL. Like something may have happened, but then it hit. And then suddenly cream hunt just value spiked and, you know, good to see you get on the good end of that. And, Obviously helped to seriously yeah. So, um, I mean, getting Kamara and Hunt, I'm sure, I'm sure that helped you a lot in your first year. I'm curious, just like how how do your team do overall in the first year? Did you make playoffs? Um, so I am unfortunately in the same division as Aaron Sanders, who oh. is known to Guru Nation as you know, and he's he's he's. Denver top dog. I mean, he, he's top dog. People like he's dope in the alpha. Like his team's dope in matrix too. It's no, it's no drop off. So I lucked out with that. And then um, <laughs> I also have um, uh, Zach and Mike. I think um, I, I we have a good division. So uh, this year, all four of our teams made a playoffs. That's how good our division is. Wow. And so the first year, like I did, 
I was pretty good, like good, good point score. Um, but I kind of squeaked in um, because Aaron got the first seed, so I was getting the wild card spots. Um, I, I, I had Carson Wentz as a quarterback, um, Mari Cooper, TYO, and Alshon Jeffrey. I had kind of like my team was like a team that I don't have like the highest ceiling, but I have like the highest floor. You know what I mean? Like so, every week my team kind of hits. But um, especially in our league, you you know, like those high ceiling, like 200 games, yeah. 180 games, 170 games, you get the bonuses. Like I, I don't really hit those that often, but um, I'm like always like 120. So I have like a consistent floor, which is good. And, you know, 16 team league, it's actually like pretty good to have a high floor. So I kind of lucked out with that. Um, and I got in the playoffs so like, as like a six seed. Um, and, uh, and once you get in the playoffs, you, I mean, you know, the, like once you get in the playoffs, like anything happened, like you are the highest score in the league, but once you're on the playoffs, like that, those points don't matter at all. You know, it's like, yeah. once so, you're in the playoffs, it's, it's a weekly game. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's a totally different, different ball game there. It's like a new season starting over just three games you win and you're champ. Um, so how, how did you do this year? What, what was your playoffs? Um, seed heading into the playoffs and how did you eventually pull off the win? Uh, well, so I start with our inaugural year. Uh, do you know, like the matrix, like the, so we don't have our first chance. Do you know that? I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, we don't have like our inaugural champion anymore in the league. Really? The you, you knew that, right? I did not yeah, know that. So I, so I got in like six seed and I made, I actually, I want to look back. I think I beat Aaron. I upset Aaron Sanders like in the second round of the first year, very luckily, uh, which is funny because he got he ended up getting Antonio Brown right, and he had that suspension I think. Oh wow! Two years ago or whatever. Remember he like missed a game like late in the season or something like that. Yeah, that was the week um, you played him. So like, yeah. So I upset Aaron Sanders in like the second round, luckily, and I played this Andrew Cucurio guy. Um, in a championship, and he beat me. So he was, like, the first champion. And then he, he was, like, getting berated. Uh, I think it was, like, there's, like, some politics in it and stuff like that. Um, but he ended up leaving the league in the offseason last year. So our first champion's not in the league anymore, which is kind of crazy. His name's, like, on the trophy, and he's not in the league anymore. So I was the bridesmaid's first year, and then I came in this season as the seventh seed. I was Our whole division made the playoffs. So I was, like, I was like two games over 500, but I was still like the seventh team. You know? mm-hmm. um, and I freaking went off. My team like bought, I had Nick Foles, obviously. Nick, so I had Nick <laughs> Foles as my backup to Carson Wentz. Um, and I was like kind of posting lines, like people know about that. But um, I I had like the, I, had, I probably had the most points scored combined of the three weeks of playoffs. Um, so my team like got hot at the right time. Um but yeah, this ball, I literally like, it wasn't close to first two, well, first week, second week, and then third week I played Zach Evans, and Nick Foles dropped that 70 game. I forgot who it was against, insane. like the Giants maybe, and he dropped that freaking set. He had a 70 point game my championship week. Dude, that's just, that's insane, man. Like, I, I remember seeing that, and I was like, dude, Nick Foles just, like, they have all players, like, how crazy of is all that? players to have Nick Foles winning a championship. Like, that's just awesome. That, that's well, a great story and, right there. And also, I had, like, uh, Amari Cooper late in the season. We got traded to the Cowboys. So, like, he wasn't very good. Like, he definitely was not worth the first-round pick. But, like, he wasn't worth that. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely admit to that. But when he got traded to the Cowboys, he is, his first three games, he had, like, 30, like, 27. Like, he was balling out. So, like, I got that kind of, like, initial Cowboys points, too, as well. So, that was mm-hmm. kind of big for me. 
Did you ever lose faith at all in Amari Cooper during this whole trade and his down year after last season? Absolutely. I I was benching Amari Cooper for Ted Ginn Jr., wow. uh, believe it or not. Because Ted Ginn, cause I, so like, we'll talk about bonuses a little bit, but like, yeah, Ted Ginn Jr. was kind of good for bonuses. Like, they only targeted him on those big, like, design plays, like Michael Thomas, like, 10 yard dig, Ted Ginn Jr. post behind him. So it's like going to be a 30 yard, maybe a 40 yard play if you can get some yak. But um, like on that note, like, yeah, like the bonuses, like, are, like, have you ever played with bonuses before? Uh, yeah, in a couple leagues. Not crazy like this, but yeah, similar type of bonuses. Okay. Yeah, this is my first time playing with bonuses. So like that has been, I have like big play players, like for some reason. Carson Wentz's first two some big plays. Amari Cooper, like, Sort of, but like, yeah, for T.Y. Hilton, like, he's all big plays. Like, his yak is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's been a big part of me, too. Like, Kamara, Kamara and Hunt, they have it. Kamara's, I mean, uh, Kareem Hunt's first game, remember, against the Patriots, oh I think, gosh, that week man. one game? Dude, yeah. he caught like a 60 yard touchdown and ran like a fort. It was crazy. He got like 35, 40 points the first game. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. What league am I in? Yeah, no, dude. He went off that first game. I remember, I remember like all my leagues. Or, yeah, majority of my leagues actually went against Cream Hunt. So it's like, welcome to the NFL. I'm going to get smacked in the face by Cream Hunt first game. And the, cra- <laughs> and the crazy thing about it was his first NFL touch, I remember this, he fumbled the ball. And everyone's like, oh, is he even going to, like, come back? Is he going to get benched? And then he just, like, falls out second half. That was crazy. That's right. He fumbled on his first, like, first drive, right? Yeah, first drive, first first touch, handed off, 9 one carry, fumbled the ball. I remember that, dude, specifically. That's right. That's crazy, man. It's crazy to see. And then it's like, all right, this this superstar is born right here, first game in the NFL. And, yeah, man, obviously some stuff's happened since then. But, um, yeah, crazy. So, like, your team, you said, yeah. uh, you said your team has been right, built based off of, like, wide receivers. Um, how how are you, like, implementing your t- that, like, roster setup to improve your team for next year? Um, I, I, like, I really lucked out with Kareem and Alvin Kamara because even in, like, the second-year draft, I had still kind of punted running back because I needed other positions and, like, everybody was drafting running backs. So, like, I don't want the last, like, running back as opposed to the first of our position. So, like, my depth at running back is very, very sketchy. Um, I have three good receivers. I have some other uh, good players, but my my strategy has been, like, mostly receiver. Uh, I've never played a running back in the flex spot ever. So I've always been three receivers, two running backs. Um, when Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara have a bye, I had Jalen Rashard, who was like kind of getting some people our points. That's not bad. Uh, Jordan Wilkins last year, my rookie for the Colts, was okay, not really. My mom and Matt came back and started balling out. Uh, so, like, if I have a bye on my team, like, my depth is very sketchy, though. I'm like, I kind of lucked out with injuries. My biggest injury was Carson Wentz going down. Uh, but I had Nick Foles stepping in, like, falling out, too. So my championship runs both years have been mostly because I haven't had any injuries to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I got a, if I got a major injury, I'd be, I'd be kind of in trouble. And then, like, you know, you're, once I was the championship first year, and I won this year, so I have the 15th and 16th pick. You're not really, like, <laughs> you, having the 16th pick in, the, like, a rookie draft is – not, I mean, it's not you're good. drafting like you know, you're like second tier players at that point. Like, the first like six or seven picks are the ones that, like really matter. Yeah, hundred percent. 
So, like, let, let me understand this. You won last year without Kareem Hunt. So, who, who's your starting running back next to Kamara last year? Kareem, uh, stand by. So, Kareem Hunt didn't play in the championship game? No, I think. What, what, he got um, released after, like, week 13, I believe, right? He, I, I believe he got released before playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Fantasy playoffs. I right, stand by. I'm looking. This is why I like to leave. I pulled up the league on my laptop. I had Jalen Rashard. Dude, how crazy is that? So wow. I had Jalen Rashard, um, and down the stretch, he had a fourteen point game, a ten point game, and a fifteen point game. Because the Raiders were down a lot. Yeah, he really loves dump off. Like obviously, you know, Carr loves his fucking dump offs. He didn't throw deep at all. Dude, you have like so, dude, seven Rashard receptions for thirty nice. yards. Something crazy stat line like that. It's like ten points right there for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I kind of like had like I kind of had to punt my second running back. Um, down the stretch. Um, but my receivers are solid. I mean, like, the rest of my team is pretty solid. Like, I'm, a, I'm like, very top-heavy. I'm, like, a very good, like, starting 10 or whatever. But everything under that is, like, probably replaceable. Um, another big pickup for me was Chris Jones on the Chiefs defense. Yeah, he's big. I, 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 that was another, like, thing in the draft, like, in standard leagues, you go defense kicker your last, like, two rounds, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're not in a kicker league, you just go tight end defense last two rounds. So I went defense kicker in my last two rounds. I just punted it. And uh, I picked up Chris Jones. And this fool freaking had a um, 20-point game, a 17-point game, a 16-point game down the stretch. I, that is, I didn't really, like, value defensive players. But going into, like, the later years, like my second and third year now, like, I know how valuable those guys can be. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, they can win That's games. That's like a good running back. They can single-handedly win games. Yeah, I'll, I'll also pick them up in Trinity. So he's, he was a nice add down the strip. He was just balling out down there. Hopefully he carries it on to next year. That's crazy, man. Um, well, without, and without D4, without D4, though, like, I might, I don't know. He's going to get double teams probably. Yeah, probably. They don't have any defensive players down there except for they picked up the Honey Badger, but they released, like, Houston and d Ford's gone. It's like, man. And yeah, he's definitely Seriously, dead. now he's like the number one. Like it's a way different it's a way different scenario when they're like you're the best D lineman, they're gonna freaking game plan for you. Hundred percent. Reasons to be seen. I mean Chiefs offense is so good that the 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 team that they're playing is likely gonna have to throw a lot just to keep up with them. So I guess that puts them in advantageous situations when it comes to putting up numbers as far as sacks go. So That's a great point. That's a great point, yep. Um, yeah, man. So, so he, he could do well there. Um, do you, have you noticed like any difference between like any of the positions as far as defense goes between scoring between defensive backs, linebackers and, uh, D linemen? Um, so I drafted TJ Mosley because tackles are one point. So I was like, well, linebackers probably get the most tackles, but if you can find those like, like, like low key, like defensive linemen that get tackles to losses and sacks, that's like the difference maker like linebackers they'll get you those like that consistent like 10 points 8 9 10 points mm-hmm. but if you can find those sneaky d linemen that's when you hit your 20s your 16s you know your 15s because they're going to get double sacks like when it's a uh, when it's third and one and they get stopped they give that d lineman the tackle for loss right because like yeah it's like third and one he gets stopped in line he gets tackled like that's a big. That's like two or three points right there. I probably like what it was, but the the good D linemen are, are what I'm looking. At. I've never started a secondary player. Um, I I don't know why. I just feel like they don't have enough action in the game. Mm-hmm. And if like you have a really good, if you have like a really good cornerback, normally court like quarterbacks aren't throwing that way anyway. Yeah. Like you're not going to have many opportunities for pass deflections 
or interception. So I've, I've, I've never started a secondary player. Maybe that's, I don't know, like I've never even dipped in that. Like maybe that's a good strategy, but like I, yeah, I've never dipped in the secondary. Yeah, it's interesting uh, just coming into Matrix now. Like Trinity's different. I didn't know that Matrix and Trinity were different in terms of starting defensive players, but Trinity has it where you start a D lineman, a linebacker, and a defensive back versus Matrix, you just start one. Um, Oh, you start sure. you just start one defensive player. So it's like, I mean, I'm trying to figure out like what is the best like position to start at. I think I have Deion Jones wow. on the team, but yeah. So it's different out there in Trinity. Well, you have to start defensive backs. So you have to like go after the safeties because the cornerbacks aren't getting any action. You want the safeties who are getting tackles and um, hopefully getting picks. They're getting tackles, yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me ask you this: like, when was the first player? When was the first defensive player drafted in Trinity? Uh, probably thirteenth round, and I think it was Alex or no, no, who was it? It was uh Landon Collins. I think Miguel took Landon Collins as the first defensive player, and he, I mean, he's been consistent. Get, yeah, with his a hundred tackles or so, so he seemed like a safe pick at the time. And then they were drafted pretty late, man. They were drafted like thirteen, yeah, like I said, thirteenth round. So it's like people kind of punted them, but then yeah, I, that's not high for having to start three of them. No, and then you then you find out like later in the season how valuable they are. Like I got I got super lucky because I just come I, I took Buda Baker kind of high because I'm a Cardinals fan. I thought he was going to do good, but linebacker and, and defensive lineman. If I weren't getting the top guys, I just punted it. I got lucky getting Chris Jones off the waivers, and I got Darius Leonard like first week off the waivers. So I just oh, I, yeah. I, I just yep, lucked yep. out there, man. Like. So I mean, I I, def, I definitely got lucky there in Trinity. So um, if that weren't happen, I'd be screwed yeah. out there. Whole different strategy. Yeah, it's it's totally different. <laughs> All right, so now, well, now then, so like how do you go well, ahead? Okay, sorry, so I was like, so how do you feel like that plays into like um, infinity? Like our leagues are different. Like it's not gonna like how do we transfer those teams over to infinity if we're like different uh, lineups? So my understanding from talking with Justin is that the teams actually aren't going to transfer over to uh, Infinity. Infinity is going to be its own separate redraft league, just with the with the top sixteen gurus. So essentially, going to have its own draft, one year, five hundred dollars, big money buy in, and uh, I'm just going to have a redraft okay. league and draft their teams there. But um, yeah, like two, you have two teams, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually been trying to come up with. Uh, a dynasty format for like an infinity dynasty format on top of like redraft, maybe a couple years down the road. I've been uh, dabbling with some ideas there and hopefully um, that gets some, that's something. I mean, maybe, I mean, probably people don't want to do it, but like maybe even just like one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, one defense player or something like that. Like you pick your best players on your team that you want to go into the infinity with and you go, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. No, it, it, it would be really interesting. Um, I, yeah, definitely really interesting because, I mean, even if you have, like, multiple players, like, I mean, obviously the, the best teams or the best gurus that are getting inside Infinity would have um, some of the best players. So you're, pro- you're probably having, like, a few, a couple OBJs, maybe a couple Mahomes, which isn't, like, terrible, I think, if you're having, like, multiple players. Um, it's just, like, working around that. And you don't want, like, one team to come in, like, too overpowered in, in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so there, there's there's a new member in, in uh, Matrix, and his name is Dalton. Um, how, how do you how do you feel about this new member joining joining the squad out there, Matrix? Um, I mean the the hype is there. You, I mean you are like people have said you are the freaking the whatever I forgot what it was like you know like this trophy kid. Well, I don't they know, what, I don't the know what the terminology is, but like you are the freaking darling of <laughs> Guru Nation, like. 
first year in the league, like, people are freaking love you. Like, I'm not saying it's bad, but, like, it's just, yeah. So, like, we're picking up the hottest. You're, we're, we're the Matrix of the Raiders and you're Antonio Brown. Like, <laughs> you're not as old, but, like, you, we're, we're getting the, like, hottest commodity. Maybe OBJ is a better uh, oh, yeah, analogy, like but, like, we're getting the hottest commodity on the market uh, for free, basically. So, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're losing Kenyatta, which, which, you know, we lost the championship. We lost the champion in the first league. And we lost another person in the second. It's not like the best look. They were like just dropping off each year. Um, but hopefully, getting getting you like you are entrenched in the Gru Nation. So hopefully, you know, like we don't have to worry about like obviously you leaving. So hopefully, like we're we're solidifying our our major group. Um, but yeah, I was I was happy when I, I heard the news. Like I, I like I'm not as active on the Facebook page like immediately because. Um, when I'm like when I join like big groups like group chats or whatever like I like to like kind of get a feel for it. I don't like to put myself out there too much early on, but you're very active on the Group Nation page, which is awesome. Like if you want your league to be um, relative, like or uh, uh, relevant, if you want your league to be relevant, you need active members. That's why it's awesome. We have AK in our league. We have Aaron Sanders in our league. Now we have you in our league. Uh, we have very active members in Matrix. So that keep or Joey also as well. That keeps our league very relevant. So like uh, I was I was ecstatic to hear that you were joining the league. Hundred percent, man. It's it's one of those things where, I mean, just seeing it from like an outsider's point of view. Last season, Matrix was definitely the most at- active inside uh, Guru Nation. So when Kenyatta announced that he was stepping down, I just kind of reached out to him. I, I told him to send me a couple pictures of his team, and then once I saw his team was like solid and it had some pieces there, I. Um, I just kind of asked him if it was all right, and then I reached out to Derek, and Derek said, "Let's do it." So, kind of, kind of came quick. It like well, it, ha- it happened like all within like a day. It just kind of boom. Seriously, what was your first reaction to his team? To his team, I was like, uh, my first reaction was, "I'm gonna need to rebuild it." Um, and it's not 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 like a shot to his team because his team had solid pieces. But I'm my my whole just philosophy when it comes to dynasty is. I want to have just a such a solid deep core where I can rely on players and and have the flexibility to have high upside players to where I can gain value in the future. And he didn't have like his whole entire bench was just like replacement like guys that you would almost find on the free agent. So I was like, all right, if I'm getting this team, like I have to just commit to like a rebuild. Like like I just have to commit to trading those players that I have and just getting younger flexible assets that I can use in the future to help me gain value. So that's just kind of what I looked at it with. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like, they, obviously, someone's leaving the league because they just don't. Well, Kenyatta is like a certain, like a uh, special situation, but like, I mean, part of it is that just like the team's not that competitive. So, like, same with Major. Like, I, I, I stand up and salute Major as a championship, as a champion of Major. Like, I stand up and salute Major for coming in and taking that team. Like, that team is terrible, mm-hmm. and he sucked it up, and he freaking. He's he's into like he's 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 another active member of the Green Nation. Like he has one of the worst teams in the Matrix, and this guy came in and he's wheeling and dealing. And he, I think he's gonna be competitive in a couple of years. Yeah, I know. Like, got, got some pieces last year. Yeah, it's it's a big it's like a big boost if we get players like you guys coming in that are like super active, like super dedicated, making moves. Parity is everything. The NFL is like the number one sport in America because of parity. Like. We don't want a top-heavy league. That's why Aaron Sanders, like, we need to knock him off a little bit. <laughs> uh, but we, it's, it's not good to have, like, a top-heavy league. It's good that 
different play, different teams are making the playoffs. Different teams are winning the championship, and so I, I was juiced to have you guys come in. Heck yeah, man! Yeah, we're excited about it. Um, I know Major's team. Yeah, I know he had some nice pieces there. I think he got Baker and um, drafted another solid young guy last year. I forgot off the top of my head. I forgot who it was, but. Yeah, he's building there. I know he has um, the second pick, and then I just traded with him, so he's moving up. He also has the fourth pick now, so um, he's making moves to build that squad. And like you said, props to him. He did well in Trinity last year, um, had the number two overall team, number two seed heading into the playoffs last year. So, yeah, man, I'm excited to see uh, how. Yeah, he, has, uh, he has Aaron Jones at Packers, which is a yeah, great piece right Jones now, well. which is really good. So, yeah, he, he's building – um, it's gonna be that's some. If your team struggles, like you get to rely on the draft, it, it, it's tough, and it, that's what I'm kind of learning. Like I'm lucky I freaking hit on the. You have to hit on the inaugural draft if you want to be like anywhere competitive yeah. in the first four years. Hundred percent. It's like it's it's hard to like reload in the draft with these rookie drafts. Like you're you're taking flyers right in the second round. You know what I mean? Like so. It's, it's tough, man. It's a, it's a new beast. Like I'm definitely learning about it. Like I've, I've lucked into, like my, you know, Mar- Kamara and Hunt. Like I I knew I wanted them going into the draft, but I didn't know I was gonna take them that high at yeah. all. I was like, whoa, shit! It's, it's the fourth round already, and like I need to take like kind of a flyer on a running back. That's crazy. And I kind of hit on those, and like I lucked out. But like dynasty is no joke. Sixteen team league dynasty is no freaking joke. It is, man. It messes with player values when it comes to like. Not only like running backs and wide receivers, but it's like quarterbacks and tight ends too. When you're in a league where six pa- point passing touchdown for a quarterback, and you have these big bonuses, like quarterbacks can can carry a team, and especially tight ends too. Have, having a positional edge like a Kelsey Kittle or Ertz like really can help put your team over the top. Great point. Great point. Yep. Yeah, Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles in the championship game in sixty nine points. Like, I, I, it's almost like guaranteed lock win if I sixty nine freaking points for my quarterback. I don't have to worry about anything. It's crazy. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. Like, if, <laughs> if you have a good quarterback that's throwing all over the place, like, yeah, you're in a good spot. Yeah, man. It's definitely, it's definitely something that's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, to see like what kind of players can vault in those tiers. Maybe it's tight end, a quarterback, whatever. But like you said, man. Th- I mean, that that's the thing is like, you know, you need these guys on your team. Otherwise, you're just kind of, kind of, you know, pooping the bed over there. Um, all right, so Steven, let's uh, let's transition a little bit into some you know draft talk here. I know uh, you're a Raiders fan. You work for the Raiders. Um, what I mean, maybe maybe you have some inside information for us, man. What do you, what do you think they're gonna do in the off season, or like as as we progress in the, like rest of the off season in the draft? Um, I mean, Antonio Brown was the biggest curveball ever. I, like, you can have a plan going into the off season. When your first move is trading for Antonio Brown, those plans that you had completely go out the window. You have to adjust everything. I think Mike Mayock said that in the introductory interview, like or a press conference. Like it, it just it changes everything. So um, we've had kind of an exciting offseason for offense. Us and the Jets, um, also the Browns, I guess. Yeah, like us, the Jets, and the Browns were great for fantasy. Like people are all over us for fantasy. Um, so Antonio Brown, like that's good. Um, other than that, wait, what was the question again? Sorry. No, just what do you think, like, the <laughs> the Raiders will do, like, as we progress into the offseason and into the draft? Oh, that's right, yeah. So, so free agency went heavy offense. Draft, I would be shocked if we don't go four defensive players 
um, at four, 24, 27, and 35. The only offensive player maybe we think about is a tight end because I don't know if we're signing Jared Cook, so we might bring in a young tight end. But even tight ends, like, honestly, like, I don't know, like, as an NFL team, like, I don't really know the value of driving tight ends. Like, when's the last, like, rookie tight end, like, I guess Evan Ingram, but, like, rookie tight ends, like, kind of struggle. I always, like, think that, like, teams should wait on, like, drafting tight end a little bit or maybe, like, grab him, like, in trade or free agency. But mm-hmm. that's the one position on offense that I think we might go. But other than that, I, I, I can't see us going anywhere other than defense. So I'm, cu- I'm curious from, like, just, like, an inside perspective at, like, the Raiders, like, are, are, they, are they, like, trying to win now or are they, like, trying to rebuild? Because it seems like they're kind of doing both right now. When you go ahead and you trade for a 31-year-old receiver, Antonio Brown, who's a star and, and, he's, and, and he's amazing at what he does now, but it's, like, in two to three years, like, the decline is going to come eventually. It's, like, is that team going to hit its peak at that time? And how, how are they going to, you know, fit those pieces around that? Um, some of this has been, like, you've heard before, but John Gruden, like, took over the team with Derek Carr, Mark Cooper, and Cleo Mack. He saw those pieces, and that was part of the sell from Mark Davis. Like, I'm going to give you this big contract, and you have these three pillars to build around. When John Gruden came in um, to training camp, it's it's kind of been no- – he was very disappointed in the team. He, he kind of saw that this team is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, our defense was terrible. Like, I don't know, without, well, Klumak's gone from the first year he took over. We have maybe two remaining defensive players. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover there. But uh, so John Green kind of got hit in the face last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not expect to be that bad. And he, I think he was embarrassed. Like, guys like John Gruden, uh, big personalities, uh, and Antonio Brown, you have big egos that follow those personalities. And when those take a shot, it, you know, it's tough for those guys. You know, they're they're always kind of like used to like being talked well about. Mm-hmm. John Gruden's kind of been talked well about. He's a great commentator, and so he's been like kind of like on the up and up like this whole time. And then he just got trashed last year. So I think a little bit of this offseason has a little bit of desperation, not desperation, but a little bit of like he he wants to be competitive, regardless of rebuilding. Like he wants to look good. You know, like unfortunately, like. I know it's not very good to say, like, he just wants to look good yeah. as opposed to, like, just eating another year. Honestly, like, I would – I'd want him to, like, say F you to the NFL and, like, eat another year. We need to eat another year. But yeah. he wants to be competitive this year, so he kind of went out and, like, kind of retooled a couple places where he can squeak out a 6-10, and 7-9, and you know, record because he wants to show improvement. Um, so I think a lot of this offseason is a – attempt to show improvement our team isn't there yet but he needs to have at least six or seven wins if not it's going to be another really rough offseason for him so i think it i I, obviously i'm excited antonio brown for my job is perfect he's great with the media and that's where i work in so i I was super excited but as a team this offseason uh uh nick Wright on first things first do you watch first things first no not much um, it's with Nick Wright and Shannon, uh, Shannon Sharp. It's actually pretty good on FS1. FS1's on up and up. Um, but Nick Wright compared the offseason to an auction. The minute you win an auction bid, you overpaid because everybody else in the room didn't think that that item was worth the value that you're putting on it. It's the same thing with free agency. Once you land a free agent, you automatically overpaid for it because nobody else wanted to pay him that much. So if you win free agency, 
I mean, it's it's common knowledge now. It's like if you win trade, like nobody wins when they win trade agency, right? It's, it's like spending big in the off seasons, not the way you win this league. But I think John Gruden needs to get to seven, six, seven wins. Eight yeah. would be fantastic, but he needs six and seven wins. I think some of the moves he made this offseason reflect that. Now, Stephen, tell tell me this: do you, do you think there's any like part of ownership that may be pressuring John Gruden to say like, hey? We are going to Vegas next year. We need a product that is marketable to Vegas and really get us, you know, you know, get our foot in the door once we go up there and start to create some momentum and excitement there. Do you think that had anything to do with some of these moves this they're making in the offseason? Absolutely. That's a great point. Like you need Vegas is not some blue collar town where you love the grinding, like the grinders, like the freaking <laughs> Fifth and six Ryan, fifth and six rounders that make the team and contribute. Vegas needs stars. It's same thing with LA and the Rams. Like yeah. they had Gurley. They, they need you need a star. You need a face. Antonio Brown's gonna be going up on billboards. He's gonna be going up on the side of like Mandalay Bay, and, like <laughs> those, like hologram freaking. You know what I mean? Like you need stars. And so like absolutely, when Antonio Brown was made available, absolutely that is part of the decision that you're making. And now we have three first round picks. Like, and that's another thing is trading away Khalil Mack. Like, he would be a star as well, but we couldn't afford, like, we couldn't afford him. So now we get three first-round picks that you're bringing into Vegas. Like, absolutely, that's, that's, that's 100% part of the decision. If we were moving to Vegas next year, I don't know if Antonio Brown would be a Raider. Wow. Wow. That, that's kind of really interesting, you know, to think about it like that because, you know, where would Antonio Brown be? And, and, and what would the Raiders be doing now like, if, if they yeah. weren't in Vegas? Would the, would the Raiders be fully committing to this rebuild? Like, would they fully... John Gruden got signed to a 10-year deal. Like, we've never seen that in the NFL before. We've never seen an NFL get that type of, you know, security and safety blanket when it comes to their, their job. Um, I don't think there would be pressure for him to right away build a team. I think that he would have that kind of, you know, freedom to build his team how he wanted to and have that patience from ownership to do it. But like you said... They're going to Vegas now, and it may be you know time to start to make things move. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I so one thing about the contract is that got leaked out early on. Um, I don't know if that's like a hard fast. Like, I feel like that's kind of like a player's contract where you sign for eight years, and they usually get cut after like three or four. Yeah, like all their grand team moves. I don't know if it's a, really a ten-year contract. I think they got leaked out. Um, it's kind of like a gentleman's kind of agreement maybe, but, um, it, it's the NFL dome. Like no matter how long your contract is, you have to win now. Yeah. You can't have two bad seasons. The Arizona Cardinals coach got one year and he's gone. Like it's, this league is nuts. Like you have to win now. Um, so I don't think if John Gruden had two or three losing seasons, then Mark Davis would just be like, all right, well, it's 10 years. So, you know, do what you gotta do. Like, he feels the heat after one year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has a little bit to do with it, too. I thought we were going full rebuild. Like, when we traded Khalil Mack and Mark Cooper, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, we're going, I, let's eat two se- We've already eaten 16 seasons. We haven't made the playoffs in the freaking, well, we made the playoffs in 2016, but that was like yeah. a joke because Connor Cook's our starter. But we haven't been relevant since 2002. So I was like, what's another two years? Let's just freaking like the Astros in baseball, let's build like a dope ass base yes. so that we are going to be competitive for the next decade. Let's be the next Patriots. Somehow like nobody's still Belichick, but like, that's how you do it. Like you build a culture with a strong foundation. Um, but then we kind of like go and, and, and we fall back to like Val Davis thing where you sign a 
big name, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think, I think, I think, the, I think the team in the NFL, the first team to fully like commit to rebuild and the ownership is on board with it and they're okay with the backlash from the fans, I think we're really going to see a special team grow. And I think we saw something similar um, with what we're seeing with the Browns. Sashi Brown was fully committed to rebuild. He traded those picks and he acquired value by, by getting those picks and using them to move back in the draft, but also getting first-round picks in the future, which allowed this amazing young foundation that they currently have now. Obviously, John Dorsey's done some you know great moves with um, you know trading those picks for OBJ and drafting Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. But at the same time, like like a lot of those pieces were there because of the full rebuild that they committed to, and we're starting to see. I mean, we're going to start to see some of those. Um, um, those things that everyone was hating on three years ago start to come to fruition now. And I think we're really going to see a dynasty build. So I'm just curious to see if like a team is in the NFL is really going to be allowed to fully go through it and go through the tough times in order to go be great. Because you don't want to be mediocre in the NFL. You want to be great. And I think that's one no. way to go about it. Yeah. It's tough, man. The pressure. The, oh, it's great being the number one sport in America, but along with that, comes the pressure of relevance. You cannot be irrelevant in the NFL. If you're relevant, you're not going to have a job. Like you, And having Antonio Brown on our team makes us relevant no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if we're losing, we're still going to be making news. Like we're still, People are still going to be buying tickets, so you're relevant. So, um, and remember, so uh, going back to the Browns, the year before this, remember they had the freaking first two-round picks and they got Justin Gilbert and Johnny Menzel? Imagine if they would have hit on those two yeah. things too. Like, where would they be at right now? Exactly. Exactly. They missed on him, and they missed on Corey Coleman too. And it's like it's like that's the first round picks that have yep. been, you know, that busted for you know back to back years, and you know they're still still looking up. But yeah, man, it's it's cra- yeah. crazy to kind of think about there. But um, yeah, have have you started like looking into some of the the prospects in this draft class coming up here? Uh, being the 16th pick, I can be pretty transparent. I don't really care. I'm probably I went tight end last year. My so the first rookie draft, um, I uh, the inaugural draft I didn't take a tight end until like around like ten or eleven. There's nobody left. Yeah. So like I was eating the tight end position the entire year. Um, I scooped up Austin Sterling Jenkins for a couple okay games, but I was eating that position the entire year. Um, so I drafted Mike Kosecki on the Dolphins from Penn State. Um, very athletic guy. I was hoping that. Um, he would kind of come in and contribute because the Dolphins don't have anybody at tight end position besides Nick O'Leary, for God's sake. But <laughs> rookie tight ends like struggling in NFL because they can't block as well. Like when you're blocking an NFL DN, it's a wake up call. So a lot of these guys don't see the field that often. Um, but I think I might double down again on that and grab one of these, like maybe one of the Ohio guys, um, one of those two tight ends. But I think I might go tight end again. If not, then I'll just take a fire running back. Um, probably. I don't want to say like running back names, but um, yeah. if, if they, those guys aren't there, I'll probably be drafting a tight end again at 16. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think that's a good strategy because I don't think you're going to have enough tight ends. You want to be able to take multiple shots to get that one guy who can be the difference maker for your team. Yep. And I mean, when you're sitting at pick 16 or 15, like that, I mean, that's cheap to, I mean, if you, if you end up hitting on that, 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 that's so cheap for what the potential payoff is. I mean, you just have to be patient with it, but at the end of the day, it's like, if you hit that guy, it's like, you know, you know, you're paying dividends right there. So I think, that, I think and nobody's funny. taking that. Like I'm getting the first time off the board because everybody's in the first round. You want your running back or receiver yeah. that you like, that you think is going to contribute to your team right away or even in year two, like 
be a starter. So I'm usually getting the top end tight end at 16. So um, that's kind of that kind of plays in the decision as well. But like you said, uh, tight end like it's a big difference in redraft leagues. Yeah. 16 team dynasty leagues, it's a mad. Exactly. I've learned that it's a massive, massive deal. Exactly. Exactly, because you can't, like you said, you had Austin Safarian Jenkins, you can't find these guys on waivers that are going to be reductive. You, you, you just can't. No. So you just have to develop them and get them and, you know, make moves for them if if you want them, because, you know, they're an important I mean, piece. really, really, I, oh, sorry. No, no, um, go ahead, go ahead. I was just, I was saying, like, honestly, like, what, like, Dan or every position is like that. No, don't, like, if you guys, how, how is your guys' is our free agent, free agency, like, our, uh, Agency pool and matrix is bare, barren. There's it's a desert. I don't know, like what's it like in Trinity or Trinity? Uh, same thing. It's it's pretty rough there. Um, who I was able to scoop up as far as I had Ertz, so Ertz was killing it, but I didn't have a backup. So like my bye weeks for I'd struggled. I had I think I had Ricky Seals, Jones, Ertz, and then I had like some other tight end, and they all had the buy on the same week. So I'm sitting there like picking up like CJ Uzuma. And I'm picking up, uh, you know, who did I pick? I picked up uh, Jeff Hireman. I needed Jeff Hireman for a bye week. I picked him up off waivers. Broncos? Yeah. Dude, and this was the week he went up for like yeah, yeah. 25. I, I played him too. Dude, that was, that was the best, man. <laughs> I think I played him in the playoffs together. Wow, man. Um, but I meant, I, I meant uh, just positional-wise, like, you, I mean, you guys aren't bringing back some receivers in the way wherever, do you? No, not really. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, like, we have an extra flux in Trinity, so it's like, it's like it's. It, I think oh, I think a roster size is our twenty seven, so they're a little bit expanded. So it's like, I mean, I mean the best the best guys available on waivers were probably like Damian Williams late in the season, um, Jeffrey Wilson, um, Justin Jackson. Those guys were available, but I mean they made they made solid performances then. But yeah, I mean you're you're struggling out there if you're looking for someone. Uh, Dalton, let me let me read you. so. My quarterfinal tight end was Matt Lacoste on the Bron- <laughs> on the Broncos, right? Yeah. What one point three points? Solid. My semifinal tight end was Vernon Davis, three point six points, and my sixteen my uh, championship tight end. I went back to Lacoste to give me a, a goose. I goosed in the freaking championship game, and I luckily dropped one because fools, bro. I goosed the championship game at tight end, and I still dropped one eighty. Wow. Like that's how crazy this league is. You know, that's insane. Like you had to combine five points for your tight insane. end in the playoffs, and you still win. in the like, whole playoffs. <laughs> well, maybe that maybe that's it. Like maybe that's it. Dalton. So like, why am I worrying about even drafting a tight end? If I got five points combined the whole playoffs for my tight end position, and I still had the most points of any team combined in the playoffs. I dropped like one eighty, one sixty, and one eighty. Wow, that's without impressive. a tight end. So, like, do I need to worry about tight end? I mean, that tight end will put you over the top, though. Like, imagine imagine if you did have that tight end, though. Now, now your floor is an extra 15, 10, 15 points a week, you know, where you, and you can't, and you can't expect 160, 180 every week. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Aaron Sanders, dude, Aaron Sanders, no, this is full is crazy. Somehow the first year I lucked out and he got like 120 in the playoffs and I dropped like 140. So like his only like game under 150 was me against the playoff in the playoffs. And then this year in the playoffs, he dropped like 115 or once. Like his only game, his only bad game comes in the playoffs somehow. Like it's it's crazy. This fool's dropping 180 every single week. It's it, it's nuts. And he's in my freaking division. Yeah, dude, I feel that struggle, man. Um, and I just uh, I know Sanders' team just got a little stronger. Uh, I don't know if I told you or if he announced it, but yeah, I traded him Julio now. So 
I'm sorry. My apologies. Really? Yeah, I traded him Julio. I got a, uh, I got Brandon Cooks and a first round pick from him. So. I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Wait, what was the trade you got? Brandon Cooks and what? A first round pick. What pick is it? Uh, his uh, 2021. So. Oh, see. so you don't know where it's at yet. Nope. Um, but it's probably going to be high, but I don't care. Uh, Julio, I was just looking to get rid of. He's 31. He doesn't fit my team. So I'm like the Raiders out there just trying to get younger assets and stuff. So that, that's kind of the cool thing about dynasty. Like is you can actually make that move. Like I am not going to win in the next two years. I'm going to have to eat the next two years. Like, yeah. why am I holding up? You know what I mean? Like, why am I exactly. holding up? Like, I just retool smart. I mean, I feel it. It sucks. And that's why, like, that's why it's kind of tough in dynasty. Like, I'm lucky because I don't, I don't like, I don't have to worry about like my buy-in because I won the championship. But, like, if you're a bad team in the first few years, it's hard to put down. We're three hundred dollars in Matrix. Yeah, that is hard to put down. If you are the fucking sixteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth seed, like that is a tough pill to swallow because you know you're not going to be that competitive, you know, for a couple of years. So like. Yeah, it's tough and dynasty. It's a tired different beast. Yeah, my three hundred dollar donations going to whoever wants it this year. So I've already thrown it out there. <laughs> but uh, my my plan is twenty twenty, man. Yeah. My plan is twenty twenty to compete. Just take one year to rebuild, get get the right pieces in place, and then make some moves, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Well, the good thing too is you have you have slightly a built in excuse. Like nobody wants to use it, but you're taking over a bad team. You kind of have like a little bit of like a leeway period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to like kind of. Even if you're good next year, then you're like, dude, if Dalton, if you make the playoffs next year, I don't even want to know like what's going to – Guru's going to like project you to the freaking stratosphere. Like, <laughs> I kind of don't want that to happen, but like, you'll be the freak, if you're the freaking you know, chosen one now, like imagine if you're freaking – you're the freaking Neo of Matrix next year. Like, <laughs> I'm Neo right now. I'm, I'm admittedly the Neo of Matrix right now, but like, if you make the playoffs next year, I might have to pass the torch. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. I just, I just want to be an infinity. That's my only goal out here. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about any of that. You just what? So I just want to be infin- infinity, man. That's my goal. I don't care about all this hype or anything. It's all well, that's, that's what I'm worried about, too, is that I did really good. I made the championship game twice and made But this year counts for tri- like, yeah. Trinity. I'm pr- like, odds are I'm probably not going to be in Trinity this year, which sucks because you don't make the you know last few rounds of the playoffs three years in a row. So hey, hopefully hey, it, it works out. Twice, it can happen I'm again. not interested in the It can happen again, my friend. It's an, it's a new season. It's, it's like starting from zero. What happened in the past doesn't matter now. It's all, it's all happens. I know, I know. Regression doesn't mean is real, though. Regression doesn't mean. Hey, it doesn't mean it has to go uh, regress this year. Maybe five years from now. Maybe you just go on this eight-year eight like long run. You're making the finals every year, and then Good you just point, yeah, and yeah. then for eight years I think. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that, that's how it has to be. I mean, that, <laughs> that's that's a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Stephen, before we end off here, I have one question for you: Who is gonna win Matrix this year, in your your humble opinion? Um, along those lines, like if I was betting, if I was betting, I'd put. My, the house on Aaron. <laughs> the house. Because his point output, his point output, like, no joke, like, let me read, like, his point output is insane. He was, um, two, he was 2,288. Wow. 
Nobody else, or actually, Robbie was the only one over 2,000 with 2,100. So, like, his point output says that he should be the champion. Um, but, but, with Aaron's playoff record, like, he just doesn't show up in the playoffs. Like, I respect Aaron, but right now his playoff record is shoddy. And he lost in Alpha, right? Didn't he lose in Alpha to George? Yeah, he lost in the finals, though, so at least he made the finals there. Yeah, Aaron's the freaking Chiefs right now. He's the Andy Reid of the Guru <laughs> Nation. Like he is, he is a genius. But it just for some reason he can't close. So my pick actually, besides me, I mean, I, I would say me, but I, hmm, I'd say, I would say probably Robbie. Robbie is a really good team. If Adam, Th- I don't think Adam Thielen's going to repeat last year. Though. That's a big thing. Yeah. So Robbie, Zach Evans, maybe. And then uh, a sneaky one might be Nihal. Nihal had a really strong start, and his division's weak. Dude, him, Joey, Aaron, and Major, like they, they, <laughs> there was only you know it's like they have a combined like they're combined they're under five hundred um, wow. as a division. So like their division's easy. So I think Nihal might be able to slip in and like make some noise. He's a good team, um, but obviously I'm gonna pick me. I, I yeah. think I'm gonna, I think gotta, I'm gonna I mean, you gotta go the champ, especially right? with Mario on uh, the Cowboys. Um, without Kareem Hunt, though, what are you gonna do? Shit, didn't think about that. Yeah. Hey, if you need a, if you need Chris Thompson, my line's open. Who's your running back? If I traded Chris Thompson, my start, my uh, starting running back would be like, I don't even want to know. Probably like Garrett Blunt as my RB one. Marlon Mack. You know, you like Marlon Mack? I've already, I mean, I already have a trade in place for him with uh, Joe Spitta. Ooh. So, uh, interesting. I've, I've Jordan Wilkins too, so I hope yeah. my Mac freaking breaks his leg. <laughs> Dude, the fun, the fun thing about like being a new team in there is like, like, in like the fact that I'm blowing up my team, it's like all my pieces are available. So it's like, it's been so easy to like talk trade with people because I'm not, I'm not like asking for the moon. I'm literally just want like market value of what these players are, but like in younger assets. So it's like, it's been super easy just to talk trade with everyone because I'm just like, hey, I just want like a pick and a young player or whatever. And then like, they're like, all right, let's do it. And I'm like, Cool, I'm happy you're happy. How, like, how, are, how are you judging players' value? Uh, in, is, your first, is this your first Dynasty League? Uh, no, so my first year playing Dynasty was two years okay. ago. I played in a free league just because I wanted to see how it played out. And then last year was like my first year like playing in Dynasty, and I played in like uh, probably like four or five leagues just so I can kind of like really dive into it and start like understanding like how the market values and everything. So ba- basically, like, how, how I value value these players is based off of um, essentially, like, their average draft position. So, like, you kind of can kind of get a feel of, like, how the market values these players based off of average draft position. And then players that I like more um, than their ADP are usually guys that I like to target. Um, so average, Are you talking about uh, ADP of each different year or the inaugural ADP? No, just like just, like, for that current year. So, like... Like for example, I look at Julio Jones's ADP for um, heading into this year, and it's like roughly around like second round or something. So um, I try and get—I mean, I just try and get value for how I would value someone in the second round. Like, and if I look at a guy like Brandon Cooks, who Brandon Cooks is being drafted in the third round, it's like, all right, well, if I can, you know, trade Julio Jones, who's a second round guy, for a third round guy, and then I get a first round pick on top of that, I think that's fair value, and it also makes my team younger. So. I mean, I think that's a good deal for both sides. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. Interesting. Interesting. That's very, that's, that's smart. Oh, I'm not, see, like, how do you, like, it, it's obviously raises the competition in our league, 
I'm just grateful that I freaking won one of the first two I was in because the competition's high in Matrix and there's 16 teams. I might never make the championship game ever again. Like, so I kind of like lucked out. I mean, I'm, I'm also like, I'm a person, like, I don't talk a lot of shit. I should. Like, I've been in the championship game for <laughs> you the should, first you years. Should. Like, You're I wish I was like a shit talker, but like, I'm, I'm very like, I'm like a much more humble person, but I'm like having like the competition raised with you coming in major, coming in like, it's tough, man. It's, you know. Hey, it's it's it's, it's gonna make everyone better though, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is, it's like, who, whoever actually comes out in Matrix. I mean, mad props to whoever happens. I mean, props to you, you won, and props to everyone's this year because it's gonna be grind out there. I've seen some of the teams out there, and there are some really good teams. So, um, I can tell, I can tell, there's a lot yeah. of winners in there. Oh no! Another thing about our playoffs too. Um, I don't know if you like looked back last year. No, I haven't been able um, to see anything really. So five, six, seven, eight, all upsetted. No way. The first round. The no first, way. The, the top four seeds did not win a playoff game last year. It was five, six, seven, eight, and the the so I think it was five, six, and seven were blowouts, like forty point blowouts. Aaron and Joey were close, but Joey squeaked out like by like ten points, I think. But yeah, it's that's like the volatility of fantasy, like. You, Robbie and Aaron were both over 2,000 points in the season, and they undershot their average by like 40 points in the first round of playoffs. That's tough. That's brutal, man. You know, and it, it comes down to the, those one game, man, where it's like, you know, a- anything can happen in, in just one game sample size, you know? So that's what makes it fun. That, that's what, that's yep. what makes it interesting. But, that's true. You're right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if, if you're that team, it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, if you're that team, it's frustrating. I went, I went through it. It was, it, it was like, you, you can't believe it. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least my team in Trinity, my team in Trinity was yeah. averaging, like, j- like <laughs> just north of 190 points a week, and then my team dropped. My my team didn't even crack 120 points in the first round of playoffs. So my team was dra- my team dropped 70 po- aye, aye, 70 aye. points under my average in the first week, and yes. there's nothing I could do about it. When oh, when the whole my. entire team just just not there, it's I mean. I mean, also you're starting Jeff Driscoll yeah, quarterback, so. Oh, uh, Jeff Driscoll, hey. hey. I want to play a game with Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll at the helm, bro. Man. Jeff Driscoll. Oh, man. But, yeah, I remember you and Major being very vocal about your upsets in the first round because you guys were balling out. Yeah. But yeah. balling out doesn't mean anything. That's why people are talking about that first round bye, right? Like, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 that's a that's a good debate. If we had a good debate, like that'd be a good debate. The top two teams to get biased because you're really gonna put like a, a eight or nine or ten game season on one game, like yeah. with the volatility of fantasy, like it goes up and down so fast. So, like you're gonna put that big of a sample size on one game. Oh, that's 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 a good discussion that you can have. Is is yeah. bye weeks for top teams, but even with the bye week, you still have to play the next one and. It's gonna be just as volatile that week. That's you know true. I mean? But at least you get at least you get credit for what you did in the regular season. Like you get like yeah what you did there. And I think I think that was our whole when it came to like Omega. That was like one big thing that we were just trying to implement was just like a different a different way to set up the playoffs where it's like you can you can really reward those teams that do well, and then you know those teams that are still gonna make playoffs. They just have to fight a little extra harder. You know so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've commissioned I've commissioned a couple leagues, and I've been a part of another like handful of leagues. But every single league I'm a part of, 
the um, the top record in the regular season. If it's tied, then highest points, obviously. But the best team in the regular season gets paid, like, yeah. you know, a quarter of the pot or whatever. And then we also do, like, the weekly bonuses. Weekly high scores, I think, should be universal. But, like, that's... It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it keeps people interested late, but also just rewards people on a weekly basis. So. 100%. But, yeah, I think the highest, the best team in the regular season should get rewarded monetarily at the end of the year yeah, and because you have no idea what's going to happen in the playoffs. And that's also just as good. Uh, do, do they do that in the Matrix? Matrix, is that a thing? Uh, I do not believe we do that. I don't, I don't think we do that in Matrix now. Gotcha. I think Trinity. Trinity, if you got top score, you got your money back. And then if you're number one seed, you got like 75 bucks. So just so solid. So I was able we to... We might do it. I don't know. Derek, if you're listening, Derek, I'm sorry. if I, I We might do it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't had to worry about it, obviously, but um, yeah, we might. I don't know. We might do it. I don't know. I guess we'll have to ask Aaron because Aaron's the number one seed, you know? <laughs> he probably, he's, he's the one. That's that... true. <laughs> well, especially especially for our league, we're throwing $300 down. Like That's a significant amount of money to like just get bounced in the first round after a freaking, yeah. like, you know, 10 and 2 season. To, yeah, it's like, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, dude, it, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, yo, I mean, imagine taking home number one seed and then you go and take the ship. That's an that's extra money in your pocket, you know? I mean, I mean that that's the dream True. right there. True. All right, my man. Did you have any like last comments, questions, anything you want to talk about before we hop off here? Uh, congratulations to Justin for getting married. That's awesome. Yes. I mean, we had two marriages in the last like year or so in the, in the guru nation which is awesome that's big. Um, from the co-founders no, themselves I, you know i'm what's up i said from the co-founders themselves right setting the stand setting the standard setting the standard. Up to it. Although, I'm gonna have a trigger down effect i guess i don't know <laughs> um but uh yeah I'm, I'm excited to uh well another question i have to on is yeah. um i'm all in on guru nation like i love guru nation i'm uh, in a 16-team league, so we added Matrix to Alpha, um, so that's 32 teams in Guru Nation. A year after, we added another 16. A year after, we added another 16. Um, one thing that I like, well, I think I'm talking to Spit about this. Like, is that too quick to add teams, or like that's that's shouldn't that's not a problem? Like, like don't like. I think I think it can be good and bad. I think. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, Alpha's been there for a while, and it took, what, like, eight years to expand? And then there's another year of expansion, another sure. year? Um, I think that just having that solid foundation in Alpha has allowed for this quick expansion because there there okay. are there are councilmen that are prepared and ready to take on councils of new leagues, where I feel like, you know, maybe if we went, like, five or six years in a row, um, like, let's say we go, like, Matrix, Trinity, Omega, and then we go boom, 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 three more leagues after that, then we may run into issues where it's like, are these councilmen or these people that are help running these leagues, are they ready enough to take that spot and really um, help keep the foundation of Guru Nation? I think that's really where the main question is, but I don't really have an issue with you know expanding to Omega because I do think that the right people um, are in place to help that go. That's a good point. Yeah, Alpha has a team in every single league, I think, right? Yeah. 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 I, the, the one thing for me was just that I, we started Matrix, and I was like, okay, sweet, this is a good nation. Then we added another 16, and before I, like we can really get to know those 16, we added another 16. Like, 
it's it's a lot, but we're pretty active on the page. The people that are active come out right away. Like when Trinity was added, the active people came out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like for people for people like me that aren't like as like I try to like interact with the page like as much as I can. But um, you know, I'm kind of like a shyer person. I'm you know I don't really put myself out there that much, especially early on. I want to establish a presence um, with my uh, my gameplay first before people get to know me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want them to judge me off like the, the the play rather than the personality. Uh, if that makes sense. But yeah. Um, um, yeah. I just think that if we, you know, if we get given an interaction with um, Omega, like we'll be in a good spot. If we get like two or three people that come out, like you and Major, um, really popped off from from uh, Trinity. So if we get a couple of people from Omega, I think that's going to be key um, to round out the four because uh, uh, without like big personalities well Joey's a good thing so that's another uh sorry sorry i'm dragging this on a little bit but so you guys ran the best camp i've only seen two campaigns but you guys ran the best campaign uh that your nation's seen um and i i wanted to vote for you but honestly the reason i chose spitta is because his activity we i i wanted to supplant a person that's going to bring omega into i Kirk, Kirk it, I, I didn't know anything about Kirk because Kirk wasn't as active. He's kind of like me. He's a little more like passive, not a lot of posts, like just interacts with comments. Or Spit is like an integral part of our page. So that was one of the big reasons why I voted for Spitta because I we need that uh, face on Omega. You know what I mean? Like we need that face. It's going to bring and make sure to keep Omega relevant. Like, you know, we if you're bringing a new league, we need to keep it relevant. So that was a yeah. big reason why I picked Spitta. Hundred percent. You you need those people that are out there and active, and having an active commissioner and people that are going to be engaged and continuously talking about it is only going to you know help help those people in Omega really start to open up to Guru Nation and start to be active inside there. So you know I think that's a good point. I think yeah, yeah, do a good job with it. Yeah, you know you know Spit is going to have like weekly videos of Omega. Like yeah. you're going to get information on Omega weekly, whereas like I don't know if Kerr would have done that. Like I don't. Maybe he would have. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Um, I think having, like, as a commissioner, especially with council, like, I love the idea of a council because your commissioner doesn't have to be the best commissioner, but mm-hmm. because you're going to get good counsel and they're going to counsel. So I think Kurt might have been the better commissioner, but I think Spinner was the better choice for the expansion of the league because of his interaction with the page. He's probably the most interactive person on the page. I, that's, that's probably safe to say, right? Maybe Justin. Maybe I mean, AK, AK but. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, by default, AK, I could, I mean, a little bit of, of AK's personality is fan. Like, I, don't, I love AK. Like, he, he's a big part of league. Absolutely. But, like, the quality of posts matter, too, as well. So, yeah. I think with that involved, like, Spit is probably the most interactive person on our page. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's a good point, man. I mean, it's always good to have those different perspectives because that, that was actually one thing MDOT was talking to me about was... Um, he, he was telling me he's like he's like look like it's about it's about getting you know the activity out to the people and I, and I guess like when I, I necessarily didn't think of it I mean I thought of it that way but I thought it was like oh I think it's like really I think it's really important to have a really good structured league and I think it's really good to have all these things in place so there aren't drama and everything runs smoothly but like at the same time it's good to have both like you want both ideally and um, like you said like I think absolutely. You know, it is your nation, and, and at the end of the day, it, it's something that's that's keeping everyone active. And I think that the drama or like things that go wrong actually adds more entertainment and more value to what's going on in the forum. It gives something absolutely. for people to talk oh, about. 
100%. Why do you think his opinion shows are so freaking popular? Like, it's it's all just two guys spouting their opinions, like, because that's what gets the clicks. People want to get speculation. They want to get shock value. They love that shit. So, I mean, you and Major, like, almost pushed me to the top because you guys are very active, but I don't want the councilman to be more active than the commissioner. Like, if you have a, a very active commissioner, that's going to solidify your league's relevance. And Joey is going to talk about Omega all the time. All 100%. the time. 100%. He's going to talk his smack. He's going to do his thing. And then I know Kenny too. Kenny, Kenny's really going to do his thing because he, he's Kenny's going to bring in some good guys. And I know Ken, I know Kenny's really going to take that next step. And I don't know if you know much about him, but um, like I'm excited just to see him really grow and expand inside Guru Nation because he's ready for it, man. He's, he really has some really good ideas out there. Yeah, you guys have been talking highly about Kenny. I'm excited to get to know him more. I'm excited. To, well, it's something like I was trying to like you know get you know to know more Trinity people, but then. We drop another 16, so it's, like, a little overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get there. It's fine. Like, we, the personalities will come out. So. I got gotcha. you. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to, to, to get to know Kenny a little more. 100%. And, the, and the, one, the one cool thing is, like, we have this Infinity League coming up. So it's, like, the expansion's going to stop. Like, it may be permanent. It may be just temporarily. But it allows for, like, a whole year to, like, all right, we stop with this. We, we have the people inside Guru Nation. And then we all just, like, collectively start to, you know, learn more about each other and, just build that camaraderie absolutely it's a really good idea to bring the four leagues kind of together it's a good idea 100 percent, my man well steven this was an awesome episode i really enjoyed talking to you um really good to kind of get to know you a little bit i know we really hadn't honestly talked much yeah. really, or really interacted <laughs> well i'm not as active i should be more active. you are though i, I mean you are active but you're not like i mean i mean you're you're active enough to where you're engaging um with everyone yeah. i mean and that, that that's the most important thing is like is like you know you're doing your part and um you know i appreciate that and you know i'm, I'm glad i'm glad to have you inside guru nation and two years from now i'm coming for that matrix crown i'm gonna knock you off that crown man it's coming <laughs> you want to add the plaque to the trophy huh yeah I, I want my name, name on there that's the goal that's the goal is to get my name on there so. um what was i gonna say uh yeah, this has been like over an hour, right? How long yeah, man, we're at an hour ten right now. That's tough. It's it's hard to get the videos nowadays are like a minute long at most because they because our attention spans are that long. But yeah, I've been I, I had a great conversation. This is awesome. I, I'm so glad you're doing this, Dalton. Like, this is a this is just as pivotal as having uh, an infinity league. Like, getting people from every league, um, hearing their voices, hearing their opinions, and because they're going to talk about the other teams in the league. Um, so you don't need to necessarily hear from every single person in the league, but like if you get the voices from each league to talk about the league, just give us updates. It's it's going to be like pivotal to like bring all the leagues together. So this is a fantastic idea. So happy you're executing it, and uh, yeah, hopefully this is awesome, along. I appreciate it, my man. I'm going to continue to you know get the news out, get get all the updates going to the league. That, that's the goal. That's the plan, just to kind of unite everyone and have a platform where people can listen to and really know what's going on inside Guru Nation because um, it's kind of hard to keep track a lot during the season when um, you know people are kind of doing their own thing in the leagues and not a lot's being posted about. So I think this is something that can really you know help to help to bring that together for everyone. Absolutely. All right, my man. We'll be signing off here. Stephen Dalton, we're peacing out. Deuces, fellas. Matrix champ, baby. <laughs> See ya.